0: Fluid Management in Acute Respiratory Distress Syndrome by Dr. Stacy Valentine
1: Hi, my name is Stacy Valentine, and I'm a physician here at uh, Children's Hospital Boston in the Division of Critical Care, and I'm going to talk to you about fluid management in acute respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS. And just as as a disclosure, I'm going to talk about some of the principles that we use here at Children's Hospital Boston, but you may need to adapt these principles to your own management and your patients at your own hospital based on the protocols and guidelines that you have.
0: Introduction.
1: So let's just start off by talking about acute lung injury and ARDS. Both acute lung injury and its more severe form, ARDS, are the result of a large-scale pulmonary inflammatory response, leading to hypoxemia and respiratory failure. The common pathway of this inflammatory response is diffuse alveolar damage, and this results in pulmonary edema, secondary to the pulmonary endothelium and the epithelium damage that is more permeable to water and proteins. Mechanically ventilated patients are at risk for developing acute lung injury and ARDS. The challenge of fluid management in critically ill pediatric patients with respiratory failure is to maintain intravascular volume to ensure adequate end-organ perfusion while also trying to minimize extravascular lung water and subsequent pulmonary edema.
0: Pathophysiology.
1: So what goes wrong in terms of ALI and ARDS? Well, in acute lung injury, you have injury to the lung parenchyma and or endothelium. And this disrupts the alveolar epithelial barrier and disrupts that function. And the normal safety mechanisms of the lung are disrupted. See so have loss of the osmotic pressure gradient that leads to leaky barriers. You have increased sensitivity to hydrostatic forces and you have impaired alveolar fluid clearance. Fluid then accumulates in the alveolar space when this protective mechanism fails, either by overwhelming the active reabsorption mechanism or actually injuring the capillary alveolar membrane. This increased fluid accumulation becomes secondary to this failed reabsorption mechanism and leads to pulmonary edema.
0: Principles of Management
1: pulmonary vascular pressures and flow can cause increasing stress to the to the failure of these capillaries. By reducing pulmonary pressures, we can we can actually decrease pulmonary edema. In different studies, when they target extravascular lung water and targeted therapies with less fluid administration, these patients had improved outcomes. Over the past 30 years, clinical evidence has been mounted that positive fluid balance is associated with worsened clinical outcomes in patients with acute lung injury and acute respiratory distress syndrome. However, the challenge is trying to figure out how to manage patients with ALI and ARDS when they are in shock. The first challenge is that patients who are in shock have increased pulmonary and systemic vascular permeability. You need to give IV fluids to maintain adequate venous return while minimizing lung edema. In the early phase of ARDS, when patients are in shock, you need to give IV fluids to prioritize venous return and perfusion. And this may be at the expense of creating pulmonary edema. You need to constantly assess perfusion, urine output, lactate, and fluid responsiveness. And the priority is to maintain perfusion while at the expense of possibly increasing lung water. We know that in sepsis, this early volume resuscitation improves outcomes in severe sepsis. We also know that once patients are out of shock, volume overload and dilutional hypoproteinemia can worsen outcomes in patients with ARDS. However, in the post-shock phase of ARDS, we try to use what is called a conservative fluid management, trying to restrict fluids, giving diuretics, and now prioritizing decreasing lung water. So in summary, it's to try to maintain systemic vascular perfusion while trying to deal with increasing pulmonary and systemic vascular permeability. With this third space loss and impaired venous return and shock, this becomes difficult.
0: Evidence for fluid restrictive strategies.
1: So what's the background in these studies? Well, back in 1987, Simmons et al. looked at ARDS survivors, and those who had less positive fluid balance had increasing survival. Multiple studies since then have looked at fluid balance in patients with ALI and ARDS out of shock. And what they've shown is that increasing fluid balance is associated with decreased survival. Decreasing this fluid balance is associated with improved survival and improved pulmonary outcomes. All of these studies paved the way to the FACT trial looking at fluid and catheter management in patients with ALI and ARDS. What this trial did was randomize patients to a conservative fluid management to a liberal fluid management in patients with ALI and ARDS. Looking at their primary endpoint of mortality and their secondary endpoints of duration of mechanical ventilation and ventilator-free days, IC length of stay and oxygenation index, as well as non-pulmonary organ dysfunction. What they showed is in the conservative arm, the mean cumulative fluid balance was far lower than that in the liberal arm, almost seven liters difference over seven days. The patients in the conservative arm had improved pulmonary outcomes and did not have any significant increase in non-pulmonary organ dysfunction. There was no change in mortality between the two groups. It's important to note when interpreting this study is that the patients who were enrolled in this protocol were all out of shock. So as we talked about before in those challenges, these patients were in the ALI ARDS category non-shock. So they were already fluid resuscitated. And if the patients developed shock, they were taken off the protocol and not entered back until 12 hours after shock had been reversed. More recently, Rosenberg et al. in 2009 looked at conservative fluid strategy versus a liberal fluid strategy. And again, they showed that decreasing fluid balance improved pulmonary outcomes. So in summary, patients with acute respiratory failure are at risk for developing acute lung injury, and positive fluid balance has been implicated in decreased and worsened pulmonary outcomes. This overwhelming inflammatory response in acute lung injury and ARDS leads to extravascular pulmonary water accumulation, making careful fluid management necessary. The key features in acute lung injury and ARDS is to make sure that you maintain adequate perfusion to your organs, so using fluid when patients are in shock, but then once patients are out of shock, to start to minimize this fluid to preserve pulmonary function. A fluid restrictive strategy has been shown in randomized multi Multi-centered trials to improve the duration of mechanical ventilation, oxygenation index, and ICU length of stay in adult patients with ALI and ARDS. Further research is needed to understand this impact in critically ill children with ALI and ARDS. This concludes the talk on fluid management in acute lung injury and ARDS. Thank you very much for
0: listening. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide.